Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the I Am Affirmational Podcast, where we work through reprogramming how we view ourselves and manifest our goals through affirmation and reflection. I'm your host and hype man, Brittany O, and I've used affirmations to help manifest wins in my life from switching careers to attracting money. Now I'm committed to helping others use affirmations to manifest and achieve the things that they want out of life. If you're looking for more affirmations to add to your daily routine, you've come to the right place. And I hope that the affirmations I share bring value and positive outcomes. Now, without further ado, let's start today's episode. Hello all and welcome back to the I Am Affirmational podcast. I'm sorry again (laughs) that I disappeared for a couple of weeks, but I am back. Life is lifing and being consistent is hard, but it has to be doable and I have to commit to it. And I am committing by still showing up until I build up on that consistency. Um, In today's episode, I just really want to reminisce a little bit and share about the first time I realized that I could manifest a life that I wanted. And so we're going to take a journey back to 2011. Um, I was in college at Columbia, Chicago. And I was looking for a new job. And I was able to get an interview with a wealthy family um, for private duty work. And when I say wealthy, I mean billionaire wealthy. Um... And I lived in Indiana at the time, so I had gotten a ride to downtown Chicago. I was a little early, and so I decided to just walk around. And I was really excited for this interview. And I was going to their home at the residences at the Ritz-Carlton for the interview. But before then, I just decided to just walk around downtown. And I'm like, yes, I live here. I can see myself living downtown Chicago in this area. This is great. Hmm, I should go shopping. Now, mind you, I think I probably only had like $700 to my name. When I told you I went shopping before this interview, I went shopping on Michigan Avenue and I blew like pretty much all of my money shopping. And then I went to my interview (laughs) and I had my interview it went well. I believed it went well. And I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to be here. This is going to be my area. I'm going to be here every day. This is just going to be my life. I'm going to be on this level, looking at these views, working with this family, being exposed to all of this wealth and abundance. And I got the job. <laughs> and Some days it required me to stay overnight or to leave late and come in early. And so my first week on the job, I ended up booking a hotel for myself um, only because I had to be there late and then come back early in the morning. And it made no sense for me to go all the way back home to Indiana just to come back to downtown Chicago the next morning. So I booked myself a room at at a Marriott 
um, in the Streeterville area of downtown Chicago. And when I was in that room, I looked out of the window um, at the city and I was like, I can see myself living here. Yes, I live here. And so for that entire weekend that I stayed at that hotel, I pretended that I lived there. I lived downtown. I lived in that area. And I kid you not, about three months after I was employed um, with this family, I was like, okay, I'm going to get an apartment. At the time, I was living with my mother, and I got a, a agent, a real estate agent, and we went apartment shopping. And I found a place in Streeterville right off of uh, Lakeshore Drive, um, less than four, maybe three and a half, four blocks away um, from the Ritz-Carlton and on the Gold Coast. And yeah, I, I didn't have, <laughs> my credit was shot. Um, I didn't have a lot of money saved. They let me in that apartment, you guys, scot-free. I didn't have to put anything down as a, as a deposit, like nothing, nothing. It was glorious. And when I got my unit in that building, I stayed on the 57th floor and I was facing west. And Lakeshore Drive, if you're not familiar with Chicago, Lakeshore Drive is literally on the lake. So my building is on the lake and I'm looking westward so I can see the whole city. I'm by the Ritz-Carlton and the John Hancock is to my left. Um, then I can look west, a little southwest, and see Trump Tower, the Sears Tower, a.k.a. Willis Tower. Like, I could just see the whole view of the city facing west, right? I look down, and there's the Marriott Hotel that I was staying at a few months prior when I first started um, working that private duty job. Um, and I was like, wow, I really manifested being here. I said, I could see myself living downtown. I could see myself shopping on the magnificent mile. Literally, I was just a few blocks from the mag mile. And after I got that job and I moved into my apartment, I would treat myself and I would go shopping. I got paid weekly and I would go shopping like every other week on the Mag Mile. Several stores knew who I was, knew when I was coming, had their stuff ready. When I tell you it was the life, it was the life. Going to Mario Tricolci's in the Bloomingdale uh, building to get my spa treatments. And like, it was just, I was living such a soft and luxurious life. And so with this job, I worked pretty much like 48 hours over the weekend, Friday, 48 hours, pretty much from Friday to Monday. Um, and then during the week, I went to school. One of my passions, and it's still something that I really love to do, I just don't, I'm, I haven't been in a creative space in so long, is songwriting. I've wanted to be a songwriter since I was 12 years old. And I was never in touch with people who did music or anything like that. So I just didn't know where to start. And I had started back writing on the side just to kind of feed my creativity. And then I started um, an African-American vernacular course. I believe that was the course. 
um, because my major in school was creative, <laughs> creative writing. Um, and I ended up connecting with this girl who was always late. She was always late to class. The teacher was, the professor was always upset for her being disruptive when she was always late. Um, but we ended up connecting and she was a songwriter with her own indie publishing company. And she was working with a producer, um, who lived in the Tri-Taylor area, um, from Florida who used to produce with like cash money records and things like that. And she was working with him on a project and she invited me to come over and I met him. We automatically clicked. Um, he told, we, we chatted about a lot of stuff. Um, and then he told me about a film that he was doing the post audio production on. And I was like, oh, well, I started college as an audio engineering major. Can I intern with you as a um, post, post audio editor? Um, and he, he said, yeah. And then, like, we started talking and building up a camaraderie um, and, and a kinship. And, you know, he would share, like, I would listen to beats. Um, and I would catch things, too. So for one of the indie films that we worked on post-production, they were putting a soundtrack together. And people were submitting, independent artists, local to Chicago, were submitting their songs. And people were choosing songs. And I was just like, no, we can't use that. I have a really keen ear. Um, and I love music so much that I've expanded my repertoire um, and knowledge of music across various genres. And I was able to catch <laughs> a lot of sampling that wasn't easy for people to hear. And sometimes we had arguments about the samples and I would have to play the original song and, sl and slow down certain bits and pieces or certain lyrics, pull up certain lyrics to let them know, hey, this, we won't be able to use this. We, you can't use this. Um, and so that got this producer to um, have me intern like more frequently and really kind of be a backup for him um, in the studio. And then I expressed like, hey, you know, I kind of dip and dabble in songwriting as a hobby. And I sang him something that I wrote. And he was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to help me with this. And then I'll help you put some scratch demos together and kind of help build up a catalog for you to pitch um, to people in the industry. And so for two years, we worked together had a studio space. Um, I wrote music. We pitched music um, to labels like Grand Hustle and Columbia. Um, and I wrote for people on a local level. Um, and then we ended up wanting to promote local artists in Chicago music in general. And we actually produced, filmed, produced, and aired two shows. Um, one was a indie music countdown show called The Music Box, which was super dope. Um, we had this guy, XR, hosted, and XR is super duper talented. If you know the producer Hitmaker, he is connected to Hitmaker, related to Hitmaker. Um, 
a super duper talented writer, super duper talented, um, and has worked with Hitmaker and Jeremiah on projects as well. Um, and so he hosted that show. We brought on a lot of guests who have DJ, who are DJs for big artists like Tink, um, and people who have worked with artists like Avant and Chief Keef. So it it was such an exciting, exciting time. It was the best time of my life. And I had, and I truly believe that because I just walked in these spaces as if I was that version of myself already, like I was that well-off person who lived in a high-rise downtown that went shopping into the spa regularly. And I believed it was. I acted like it was. And so it was. And so I know on TikTok right now, the thing is, like, to be delusional. And you're like, girl, I need to be delusional. I need to be delusional. It's true. Um, That worked for me at that time. I think now... It's a little harder for me to operate on the side of delusion because I am a single parent (laughs) and I can't be delusional with my child's life in so many ways. And so it's really finding that balance between being delusional for myself and being the responsible parent. And and I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to, to faith, right? walking by faith and not by sight. And that's the difficult thing to do. When you know you have all of these bills piling up, when you know that you may have negative $25 in your bank account, how delusional can you be? We may need to test that out, right? How delusional can we be with negative $5 or you're down to your last $20 and you want to go on a trip to Punta Cana and you don't even have a passport and you want to go to Punta Cana in the next few months and passports take six months. How delusional can you be? And so maybe I haven't given you guys homework in a while and I'm going to give myself this homework too. Let's be delusional this week. Let's think of something that may be somewhat impossible, but not totally impossible, and be delusional. In some way, form, or fashion, go test drive that car that you've been eyeing, right? Go drive through that gated community, Right or walk through that neighborhood that you desire to live in. Like, do the thing. (laughs) Do the thing. You want to write a book? Start on the intro. Start on the foreword. If you need help, I I recommend the software um, Copy AI, copy AI. And you get a couple of of templates for free off the bat before you have to pay for a membership. But do the thing. Do the thing. And 
me living the life that I lived between 2011 and 2013 was absolute proof that manifestation is real. And the life that I am living right now, despite my difficulties that I'm having, it is also proof that manifestation is real. And maybe another day I'll go on to how my life is right now and how that is, how that is um, a result of manifestation, even though it doesn't feel like it. And I thought I was making good money at that job I had to live downtown in High Rise back in 2011, and I'm making more than that now. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, of course, there's pitfalls. Nothing is, is ever the same. Um, but when you have those pitfalls, there are lessons to be learned, and I believe that I learned those lessons. Because once you're down and out and you figure out how to get back up out the mud, no matter how many times you fall, you'll be able to get back up. And that's why so many multimillionaires and billionaires, they have failed at business time and time again, but they get back up because they learn lessons every time they fail and they always get back up and get back on top. So as long as you've been on top and you've fallen from the top and then you've built yourself back up, you will always be able to build yourself back up. So be delusional this week understand and know like you know like you know that you are that person you are that person that you envision and anything really truly is possible it may not come in the package that you envision it coming in it may not come the way you think it's gonna come but you have the power to make shit happen and I think this may be my longest episode, but I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with that because I am the master of my own destiny. I am manifesting the life that I envision for myself. I am a powerful creator. And I am capable of building my best life. See you guys next week. If you've enjoyed this episode of the I Am Affirmational podcast, please subscribe so that you can be notified when a new episode is added. If you have questions or would like for me to add affirmations around a specific goal, feel free to email me at iamaffirmationalpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And as always, believe it, achieve it, receive it. And what is for you will come to you with the least possible resistance. Nothing is going to come to you if you're not moving. So be about that action. Talk to you all next time. Bye.